You're listening to The Secrets of Star Trek on sqpn.com. Computer status report. Program complete. Enter when ready. Captain! I check the engines. The warp drive is a hopeless pile of junk. Fascinating. Beam me aboard. Energize. Energizer. This episode is brought to you by the SQPN store at store.sqpn.com. Go to Amazon via the link on our website and your purchase will help support our network. This show is also made possible by donations from listeners like you. Help us to continue producing quality programs and giving them away for free by supporting us with a monthly donation or a one-time gift. Go to sqpn.com donate to read how you can help. Thank you for your support. We couldn't do this show without you. Captain, incoming message. Hello and welcome back to the bridge of the StarQuest Enterprise for another episode of The Secrets of Star Trek. And lo and behold, our whole crew is complete. Nobody's on shore leave, nobody's on a, an away mission. Even Mark is here. Mark, how are you? How have I you been doing? Very good. I am I'm okay. I'm very good, actually. We missed you. The fans have been clamoring. It's like, bring that Mark back. I've heard, I've heard, and I'm so sorry to my uh, enormous fan base that I missed it last time. <laughs> well, we're glad to but have I'm you. I'm back now. <laughs> also with us, Maria Johnson. Hi, I am uh, happy to be here, as usual. You've got the bed spring plugged in your ear? <laughs> <laughs> I, I tell you, I just, uh, I'm just living large to be on this panel. It's, it's too exciting for me. I heard you raving about it on uh, another show that you are part of, uh, Catholic Weekend, and she's like, yeah, I'm doing uh, The Secrets of Harry Potter, that's okay, but it's kind of like work, because I teach literature, and then I'm on The Secrets of Farmville, but that's kind of goofy, and it's, yeah, yeah, but Star Trek, oh my gosh, Star oh, Trek! my geek on here. <laughs> Also with us to geek out over Star Trek is a longtime Star Trek aficionado, Steve Nelson. Hello. Well, I'm glad to be here. So you just got coffee out of your replicator? <laughs> you know, it is. It's, it's very much like that. <laughs> <laughs> what? Wait a second. You have a replicator? <laughs> I have one of those uh, machines that uses the little coffee pods, you know, so you just push a button and instantly a cup of coffee appears. It's very much like a repl replicator. Wow. I just watched the episode of DS9 first season uh, the other day where the replicators are broken, and so Cisco orders a cup of coffee from the replicator and it tastes like, well... <laughs> Like poison. <laughs> I watched that same episode. I, I know what you're talking no about. No kidding, really. It's with the Irish guy. What's his name again? Uh, who is uh, doing all the tech stuff on uh, both on the 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 Next Generation and and on DS9. O'Brien. Yeah, O'Brien. <laughs> so he, Cisco at the end of the episode, he gets a cup of coffee. Coffee black, and then O'Brien. <laughs> Still not working. <laughs> And then finally also joining us on the bridge of the StarQuest Enterprise, our own Captain, not Pike, but Mike Kuipers. <laughs> How are you, sir? I'm fine, fathered. It's good to be here. Absolutely. Well, let's, let's kick off the show. We have, a, I hope, a, an interesting discussion ahead of us about parenthood. But before we do that, we are going to make the rounds and ask, I have to ask you all, what Star Trek happened in did did anything star trek happen in your life now steve you you told us that you you've watched that same coffee episode of ds9 watched any other star trek i did i watched uh, uh an episode called specter of the gun from the i think it's the third season of the original series wow 
It was a lot worse than I remembered. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, it's third season, so you, that might have given you a hint. <laughs> yeah, well, it actually, you know, it 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 uh, it will bear, have a bearing on our discussion later. But I was, yeah, I was like, okay. why did they make this episode? Okay, now let's let's <laughs> listen to the sound of the of the clip here for a second. You shall be punished. You, Captain Kirk. Yours shall be the pattern of your death. <laughs> I'm not Ike Clanton. Well, I'm glad to meet you, Mr. Kirk. You've got until five tonight to get your horse-stealing scurvy crew out of town. The Earps will kill the Clantons at the OK Corral at five o'clock. We are the Clantons. At one minute past five, you'll find a hole in your head right from this gun. Really? <laughs> We're not going to move from this spot. They're shadows, illusions, nothing but ghosts. Specter of the Gun. Uh, it's it's as if the word specter already kind of oozes the '60s. You know, it's it's such a <laughs> '60s word. I don't know why. <laughs> uh, Cue the psychedelic music next. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Talking about psychedelic music, Maria. What <laughs> did you want? Did you have any psychedelic experiments this week? <laughs> I I did actually. Real life has intruded on my uh, on my Trent geekdom. And uh, I've been my my son is graduating high school, so we've been doing activity after activity. And so the only chance I've had to watch Trek has been late at night on the uh, on like on the Sci-Fi Channel when they play yeah uh, episodes. And I have seen the same episode three times this week, and I've caught it in different places. So I think I've put together the whole episode. Really? <laughs> but I don't know the title of it. And so maybe Mark can help me. It's the one where uh, Picard goes to or, or the Enterprise is at a at a planet and um, and the planet has been destroyed and there's two scientists that are living on the planet and it turns out that only one of them is alive and the other one is a recreation of, of a human because the one guy he isn't human after all he's an alien oh, do, do, you, do, you, do you know what I'm talking familiar. about? sounds is familiar gener- is it Next Generation? Or? it's a Next Generation episode yeah 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 yeah. Uh, anyway it's, it's and, been and making it me crazy because I haven't been able to sure. find it I'm sorry? So it brings a very vague bell, but I'm not sure actually. So I don't know. Are the the captains are or the the scientists are both male, or was it, uh, is it it's a couple? A, it's a it's a older it's an older human humanoid couple. Uh, right, who've been right, 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 right. destruction. Yeah, uh, yes, yeah, yeah, yes, yeah, 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 yeah. I know. Um, but what's the see? Time? I made you guys work today. Uh, <laughs> hold on, we're gonna get there. I think it's one of the earlier um, seasons. Well, I've been, um, I've been, you know, I've been flipping through trying to find the title of it, and I've never seen the very beginning of it. <laughs> anyway, it's third season. It's making me crazy because I haven't seen it from beginning to end. So that's my Trek psychosis of the week for your entertainment. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I will not rest until I found until I found it. I'm looking for. <laughs> yeah, me too. I'm, I was I'm afraid I was going to do that to you, Mark. <laughs> I've been asking the board computer, but I think I've got the wrong one here. I just typed in scientists and Picard. Uh, let's see. I think it might be the survivors. The Third sur- season episode. Survivors. Yeah. Huh. 
Interesting. Good, Let man. me see if I can survive. <laughs> I just use the magic Yeah, that's of it. Internet. That's the one. That's the one. <laughs> the Enterprise responds to a distress call from Rana 4, a Federation colony that is under attack from an unknown alien ship. When they arrive, they find the entire surface of the planet destroyed, save for a single house and two occupants. Next time on Star Trek The Next Generation, the crew discovers the sole survivors of an alien massacre. The attacking force prepared you for some reason. They're guarding a dark secret. A mystery that's destroying Troy's brain. A threat that's attacking the Enterprise. Commence rapid fire with all weapons on full. On Star Trek The Next Generation. Dun, dun, dun. That's it. <laughs> Very cool, <laughs> Mark. What what have you been watching? You you you've you've got to tell us what you've been doing, you know, Star Trek wise for the past three weeks. Well, not a lot actually. Well, not watching it because that was uh, that was a bit of an impossibility for me, not owning a television or whatever. I have been doing my research though. Good. And, uh, Excellent. What I've uh, what I mainly found is is a great sort. It's it's basically a Star Trek Wikipedia. But it's it's just all it's it's all Star Trek and it's it, it it's quite good. It's called Memory Alpha. You should just Google it and and, it's, and I think it's the the first link that shows up, and it's got all the information. And that's where I that's where I found that the episode that Maria was referring to um, is called The Survivors. It's just a, it's great to if you've got an old episode and you want to know okay what what was it about again, you can just look it up and it's got the entire summary and. All kinds of notes and information and whatever. It's great fun. Fantastic. Mike, uh, what have you been watching? Well, I've uh, kind of finished off the, uh, the, the final, third, you know, the final season of the original Star Trek. And so I've, I've seen some of the best and worst episodes <laughs> of that. Okay, we only want to hear about, we only want to hear about the worst. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. well, I don't know if this was the. Uh, I don't know if I qualify this as the worst, but there, there was one called the Savage Curtain, where they, uh, an alien, uh, you know, one another one of those omnipotent type aliens, uh, has Kirk and Spock. Uh, he, he teams them up with Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> <laughs> really? And and Sirac, who's a. In Vulcan history, was the father of Vulcan civilization. Uh, he pits them against uh, some legendary bad guys, and the only legendary one I remember of that we would know would be Genghis Khan. And and then there were some that they made up for the you know that were you know sort of interplanetary bad guys. And and he was interested in um, trying to learn about good and evil. This rock creature. And uh, he thought he he thought he could find out the difference by in the ways that the two battled each other. Uh, but all he he said all your methods were the same. You know they of course the good guys did end up defeating the bad guys. And um, and Kirk said, well, you know, uh, you know what the, what did you promise them to to motivate them mm-hmm. to to win? And he says. Uh, I promised them power, and he says, "Well, you you promised uh, promised me the safety of my crew." John, Captain Kirk, I believe. Alert status. Do I gather that you recognize me? I am Abraham Lincoln, just as I am whom I appear to be, Seraphine. 
greatest of all who ever lived on our planet, Captain. Some of these you may know through history. Colonel Green, who led us on the side of war. Zora, Enos Khan, Kalis. Zora, no need to blame yourself. We have a complete power failure. What happened? The shielding is breaking down, and I estimate four hours before the ship blows up. To save your ship and your crew, you have to win. Captain, how can we warn him? Your existence is ended. So that was uh, that was the episode. That seems to be a plot device that they've used several times, where this alien being is curious to learn about um, either moral values or religion or whatever, and they yes. just use the Enterprise crew as a, a, a basically a bunch of test lab rats. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, they, they've been thrown into situations like that before. Yeah, and the crew never knows that they're part of an experiment. Yeah, so... <laughs> Interesting. Yes, that's a common recurring theme. Interesting. I've been watching uh, an episode of uh, The Next Generation. I'm still trying to get to that third season. That's the only season, together with the last season, that I've never watched on, on TV. I've watched almost everything. But that, that third season is a pivotal season where uh, the Borg uh, capture Picard. And I've never seen it. I've seen the the, the movie lately, the um, uh, first uh, what is it? First Contact, and it refers to this time that 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 Picard was a Borg. But I, I to- totally miss it. I don't know why, but I don't know. But so I'm I'm still fighting through the second season, which is better than the first season, but still pretty goofy. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, the special effects are getting slightly better. The acting is a bit more convincing, but it still has lots and lots of arc awkward moments and awkward things if only for this sudden appearance of a beard on um, on number one <laughs> I think it's sexy yeah well that's probably what's meant to be but uh, from what from what I heard uh, the, the beard itself was actually a, a way that uh, for the actor to kind of get away from because he was kind of typecast as the the new Kirk he was like the reincarnation of Kirk on on the next generation and he he wanted to steer away from that and so hence the beard and uh, but but there are all sorts of uh, it's very funny if you watch that whole second season in a row they they continually make jokes about the beard or, or allusions to the fact that he now has a beard and so he's completely different <laughs> from what he used to be <laughs> it is a beard Jordy a fine full, dignified beard. One which commands respect and projects thoughtfulness and dignity. Well, opinions? It's, um, very different. When I stroke the beard thusly, do I not appear more intellectual? I'm sorry, I have to go now. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was because he put on 10 pounds. <laughs> um, I think that's only uh, in... later. That's that came since, later. Yeah, season three, season four. That's when he starts to uh, expand his presence <laughs> in a very literal well, sense. Their uniforms change a little too, which is, I think, uh, a, a better choice than those bodysuits that were so, th- so form-fitting. Oh, yes. Actually, I heard that oh, I on uh, I heard that on the podcast by uh, Will Wheaton, and he says 
he reveals, and I, I had no idea that everybody, every single male on the next generation is wearing what they call muscle suits. So it's something they put underneath their uniform to make them seem more, you know, stronger and and more muscular. And and he said, <laughs> everybody, everybody is wearing them, especially those that deny it. And <laughs> oh my! Well, you can see well, in the original series, you can see that uh, Kirk is wearing a girdle. <laughs> oh my God! Really? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you a can lot see of them where were. I mean, even Chekhov was. <laughs> but I think later on they had to give up on Chekhov, right? Oh no, not Chekhov. But Chekhov wore a wig. He's been yeah. wearing a wig from the oh, right from the goodness. very first episode uh, because he was already uh, a little bit balding uh, when he was uh, contracted for Star for the original Star Trek, and then they wanted yeah. to turn him into um, kind of they modeled him on the monkeys, I think, which was a I very popular I pop <laughs> band. Yes. And so I was going to say that. <laughs> yeah, well, really. And so they gave him a wig that would make him look like one of the guys from the monkeys. Hey, we're the monkeys. People say we're monkeying around, but we're too busy singing to put anybody down. Now, I, of course, <laughs> being from uh, the next generation, <clears throat> I had never heard of the monkeys, but <laughs> I Googled them on YouTube, and lo and behold, it's a whole band full of Chekhovs. It's crazy. <laughs> and not one of them could play in a musical instrument. They faked it. <laughs> <laughs> I think the only one who's really musical was the uh, Uhura, right? She because she is singing like every second episode in the first season. <laughs> it's very oh, annoying. <laughs> but so Chekhov calls that the the beginning of the big charade with the wig, and it just got <laughs> progressively weird. <laughs> well, a terrible comb over at first, I think. I don't it's, think it's so. It's a distraction. I think he has a wig all the time. But anyway, um, I've never seen the guy without a wig. He must look like Picard, perhaps. But, um, gosh, I was, saying, I was going to say something else. But anyway, so the episode that I watched was, uh, I think, one of the first time travel or time-related episodes of The Next Generation. And um, it, it, it's, they find um, a shuttlecraft. They get a distress call, and they find a shuttlecraft that is almost identical to the shuttlecraft that they have on the, uh, on the Enterprise, except for that everything seems to be in reverse or in, in a kind of inverted. Uh, so the the current that they use, instead of being plus two, it has to be minus two, or there's something loopy going on, like a, a, a parallel universe type of thing. And then the, in the shuttle, they find a copy of Captain Picard, which I thought at the beginning of the episode, was like, wow, this is cool. This is really trippy. It's it's like two Picards. That, that harkens back to the best episodes of the original series where you've got two Captain Kirks, you know, one evil, <laughs> one good guy. So I totally expected something like that. It turns out that the plot is much less than it could have been because Picard, the, the other Picard, the new Picard, is, is uh, unconscious for most of the episode. He's just lying in sickbay. So that's totally not interesting. And then it turns out they're in some kind of time loop and they're in the middle of a black hole. And, and the outcome, I, I won't spoil it, but the outcome is really like a cop-out. I was like, duh. <laughs> so that's it. And it came right after another episode, which was extremely um, uh, disappointing, uh, The Royale. And I think that I, I completely messed it up last time that we spoke. I, I was talking about, I thought it was an episode of uh, Stargate that I watched, where the Stargate members get get caught in some kind of parallel universe or some, some artificial uh, holo 
holodeck type of situation in a casino. Well, it turned out I, I, I'm watching both Stargate and Star Trek at the same time. So sometimes I'm watching an episode and I, I'm certain that it was a Stargate episode and it, it's a Star Trek episode. So this this episode, the Royale, was 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 happening actually with Riker, Worf, and Data being caught in, in that uh, outer world casino. And that ending was so dumb. It's like so, you know. So the Riker gets has this final talk with Picard, and so, so, so Picard, so uh, Captain, what do you think actually happened? How did we get caught? How how can this casino be recreated at the other end of the universe, so far away from Earth? And then Picard is like, well, perhaps we will never know. It's just going to be one of these mysteries. Ending. I was like, what? <laughs> oh, come on. Well, perhaps we'll never know. Number one, engage. Like, what a cop out. <laughs> and Time Squared has almost got the same effect on me. He's like, yeah, come on. It was a really promising beginning, very intriguing. And then you end it like that. Uh, that's probably what gives it away that it's the second season. Anyway, after this round of uh, first um, uh, reconnaissance of what we've been watching, let's dive into the heart of this show and let's talk about parenthood in Star Trek. Captain, I suggest Vulcan mind probe. I asked all our crew members of the StarQuest Enterprise to pick an episode from any of the series that, uh, that, that treats this topic of parenthood and, and has something to say about it. And, of course, it's, let's start with discussing parenthood in general in the Star Trek universe. It's not something that we see a lot. Uh, I mean, start, this, 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 the, the Enterprise doesn't seem to be a good environment for, for families, is it? Well, it depends on what enterprise you mean. Let's see if it's the original one. We don't see any children there, of course. No. But we've got families on the on the Enterprise D, so we see we we see kids running around there every now and again. But but it seems to be only in a few episodes, and and all yes. of a sudden you see plenty of families, plenty of kids, and and then the next episode it's like nothing. <laughs> it's all grown up. <laughs> it's true. Kids must be in school most of the year. <laughs> Well, I, you know, we're, what we're seeing is the business side of it. Yeah. With, uh, most, most of the action on, on uh, The Next Generation takes place on the bridge. Are, so are there so. special decks for families? Do, I, I'm not very knowledgeable when it comes to the layout of the, the Enterprise, but do they have, like, family quarters? I'm sure they do. They've, they've oh, got sure. quarters for their crew or whatever. So mm. And school classrooms and whatever. Of course, the only kid on the bridge is is Wesley Crusher and his mom. Yes, and uh, and and so kind of to make it up for the absence of of kids and and parents, there's this one obnoxious example. Sir, I know this may finish me as an acting ensign, but shut up, Wesley. Shut up, Wesley. Doctor. And since I am finished here, sir, may I point out that shut up, Wesley that everything that I have said would have been listened to if it came from an adult officer. Request permission to return to my quarters, sir. Agreed. Doctor, go with him. <laughs> you better quit. You better quit hating on poor Wesley Crusher. No, I... I mean, to have Will Wheaton on this. No, 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 no. It's the writers. It's all the writers' fault. That's what Will says. So, no, I'm a huge fan of Will. And, and I, even, I, I, I even think that Beverly uh, Crusher 
uh, or the, what's the name of the actress? Actually, I forgot. Um, Gates McFadden. Oh, her name. Gates McFadden does yes. actually a pretty good job <laughs> given the circumstances. Even in her kind of strange relationship with Captain Picard, I, I think she she kind of mm. makes it work. But yeah, poor poor uh, Will Wheaton, <laughs> the first <laughs> first season. <laughs> but um, uh, and and so what about DS Nine? Do we see any families on um, on, on DS Nine? I think so. I think we see. I think we see more families there than on uh, any other uh, Star Trek series. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Now you wrote. Well, before. It makes more sense. It makes more oh, sense. Yeah. since it's a, a, st- a station and not a mm. ship. Exactly. So it's it's, it's, it's yeah. Cisco has a son on there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But doesn't Chief O'Brien? Doesn't he have a daughter? Or yes. Am I? He's married, yeah. and, uh, and she's during the course of the series, he also yes. gets a little little boy. I think so because in the first season that I'm watching right now, he's he's just married, and they have fights all the time. And I, I don't think it's a very good marriage from the beginning. But so apparently later on they get kids. That's that's great. No, they already had kid. They had, they had one daughter that oh, was really? born in the Enterprise. Oh, right. I haven't seen no. that one yet. Oh yeah, because of course, yes, they were setting up DS9 already. And Voyager, I learned. I was watching, I've been watching a bit of Voyager. I'm getting off track here, but I was watching the extras of the first season of Voyager. And and so I learned that during the last season of of Enterprise, they were actually already coming up with storylines that would be continued in DS9 and in in Voyager, mostly having to do with the enemies and the the bad hair dudes from Voyager. the ones with Kazon? yeah the Kazon. Oh, not really but <laughs> <laughs> well they're mentioned Sorry. they're mentioned in Enterprise and then I guess also you know the, some of the characters are given a slightly bigger role but, some uh, background established yes yeah I'm getting off track so so families <laughs> definitely on DS9 Voyager do we have any kids on Voyager uh, one of one of the crew members uh, discovers in the first season that she's pregnant and uh, and so she gives birth to the first child is it Naomi Wildman? It's it's yes. is it Ensign Wildman's child, and uh, yes. so she becomes a she becomes an, an interesting uh, character because you know obviously Voyager is a warship, and so there was really no place for children there, but uh, you know their circumstances change, and uh, and I think that uh, eventually Paris and Torres get married and they have a a child as well, and that actually presents some very interesting uh, discussion points that are not today's topic but uh, they're a a multiracial couple and so the child is biracial and and they have some concerns so I mean it's always cutting edge Star Trek thinking about things talk about cutting edge Um, the original series of course was very new and, and crossing boundaries all the time um, and uh, do, what what is what do we know about families about parenthood of you know in in the context of the original series? Have we ever heard about Kirk's dad? I know that in the new movie we we learn about his dad and the the well, and the character that Kirk he is. had a brother, uh, but he was only on. We only heard his voice, and then he he was killed off. <laughs> oh, really? In an, yeah, there was an episode wow. where his. Yeah, and we actually see his dead body, which is just which is just William Shatner with a mustache. <laughs> it's real funny. <laughs> Ouch! Uh, oh my gosh! <laughs> but, yeah. So and it was a twin also, twin brother, or uh, I guess yes. <laughs> oh 
Wow. Yeah. We see adult well, children we, and their parents, which I think is, is pretty compelling yes. with Spock and, and his parents. Mm-hmm. That's right. And the, the right. journey to Babel. Yes. Uh, we meet their parents. Uh, he has a, Spock has a human mother named Amanda, and he has yes. his uh, father, Sarek. And, um, and we find out that their relationship wasn't good because his father wanted him to uh, to study Vulcan science and to con- continue on his uh, mm-hmm. following his, his his footsteps yes as he had followed in his father's footsteps and and of course Spock went and joined the joined Starfleet instead and uh, it caused a big rift in the family but then uh, in in journey to Babel uh, there was a mission to uh, to deliver all these delegates to a to a planet for for a meeting, and uh, that's where we get to meet uh, Sarek and, and Amanda, and uh, the uh, rift is kind of mended because Spock uh, is called upon to uh, to save his father's life at one point. His father needs a blood transfusion, and Spock is willing to uh, to do it. Certainly, it's a logical thing to do. He says, "Yeah," <laughs> but. Uh, but then, at that time, there was a lot of uh, conflict going on on the on this ship, and uh, Kirk is uh, wounded in a, in a fight. There's been some, um, you know, some some intrigue uh, involving the other ambassadors and everything, and uh, and Kirk is wounded in in a fight, and so he's temporarily out of action, and and Spock gets to take over as captain. And he says that duty uh, precludes him from uh, taking time out to to uh, give the blood transfusion to his father. And, of course, that upsets his mother. She, mm-hmm. uh, Being a human, she, she has emotion. She doesn't see the uh, the logic of, of uh, doing his duty over, uh, over, you know, saving his father's life. But uh, Kirk manages to pull himself together long enough to, to pretend that he's uh, in enough good sh- in shape enough to uh, to still operate the you know service captain <laughs> and uh, we need uh, allowing Spock to get the transfusion now we've seen the relationship uh, between Spock and his parents also being kind of rehashed or or redone in uh, in the latest Star Trek movie um, mm-hmm. and and I think they follow the same idea that the relationship with his father is is a bit tense because his father is like pure logic and there seems to be almost no emotion. Well, <laughs> it's a Vulcan, so there is almost no emotion towards his son, which you could inter- interpret as a kid, of course, that, that there is no love. Um, yeah. Whereas the mother, of course, is is being a human, um, definitely loves her, her son, but but she dies and she's killed in in the new movie, and and so the only the only parent remaining for Spock is his father, Sarek. And so, how do do Vulcans love their kids, or is a kid just yeah. um, a an appearance in their life, and they treat it all logically, or uh, is there a way to express? Love in a in a non-emotional way. I'm I'm just curious to to yeah. hear your opinions. Well, he does express it in a sort of a way. He he shows a, a little pride. Uh, Sarek shows a little pride in his uh, son because at one point uh, in the original series, Amanda kind of embarrasses 
uh, Spock by saying he had a pet Sawat, uh, which was like a teddy bear. Oh, okay. uh, when he was a child. Oh, really? And uh, and that sort of embarrasses him in front of uh, Doctor McCoy and the other <laughs> inter- uh, Enterprise members. Because the, the, the bear, uh, the bear didn't have pointy ears. And so. and then this, then uh, sir, then uh, Spock's father sort of chastises. Uh, Amanda, and she says, "Well, you're you're very proud. I thought you didn't approve of this being a, a Starfleet officer." And he says, "Well, he says I don't approve, but uh, he, he still deserves whether you know whether I approve or not. Mm-hmm. He deserves respect." Well, and, I think it's uh, important to note also that uh, that it's not that Vulcans don't have feelings; they've just learned yeah. to dominate them and be masters of that's of true. those feelings. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, but you know, it reminded me when you said, "Do do Vulcans love their children?" It reminded me of that Sting song from from years ago. To wait, Sting to, was a Vulcan. Sorry, Russians Russians love their children too. Oh, I think yeah. it came out at the height yeah. of the of the Cold mm-hmm. War. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, 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 but you know, also in Voyager, Tuvok, who is who is a Vulcan, mm-hmm. speaks of his speaks of his family and of his children, and uh, I think that. It, it, I want to say it is in a loving way. It's close to loving as he's willing to demonstrate. Again, I don't think that it's that they don't feel it. It's just that they're very stoic mm-hmm. about demonstrating it. Yeah. And and between Amanda and Sarah, they're very tender with each other. Um, you know, even though he's all logic. Uh, and he does make a little joke toward the end there, uh, at the end of this. Hmm. It shows. So it's, I mean, at, at her expense, Spock says, why did you ever, she's so emotional, how did you ever end up marrying her? Mm-hmm. He says, well, it seemed logical at the time. At the time? Oh, my gosh. Do we ever uh, get to hear anything about, I don't know if many of you have watched the the last series the, about, you know, Enterprise. Do we hear anything about Paul's parents? Because there's definitely... A similar issue going on um, with her position in Starfleet and the, her fellow Vulcans don't understand at all why she wants to be serving on the Enterprise, especially because, uh, and I think it's only then that we learn that for, for Vulcans, you know, human beings stink a lot. <laughs> so it's like, like this whole this whole enterprise like stinks like manure, and you have to work in that. And they're like, how can you work there? So it's a, there's no under and and Tapal feels very alone in her choice and and her continued commitment to uh, these strange, smelly human beings. But do we ever hear about her parents? I guess no one. I'm, I'm not aware of her. No. <laughs> Yeah, I just I just don't remember. Anyway, we can always uh, that's that's why we have uh, the uh, the possibility for our listeners to chime in via email. You can always reach us and send us feedback. We haven't received that much feedback so far, but then again, we're just beginning this show. But if you have some information about Paul's parents, or you want to chime in on this whole topic of parenthood, uh, write us an email, uh, Star Trek at sqpn.com. So Star Trek at sqpn.com. Let's talk about, um, let's see, um, Next Generation. No, no, let's let's wrap up this, this uh, uh, <laughs> original series. Um, Kirk, of course... We we learn a bit about about his relationship, and we, he has a brother. He's a father, but um, what about himself? He he 
turns out to be a dad as well. So we that's what we discover at least in the movies. I don't think we do we do we learn that in the series or is that just something yeah. they added in the movies? Yeah. No, that's the movies. product of one of his many affairs. So he's got this kid, which doesn't remind in any way of him, except that the both of them have a terrible hair day uh, during that movie. It's uh, like the curly, what were they thinking type of haircut. <laughs> and, uh, that was the 70s perm. Oh, my God. It was part of the Genesis wave. Yeah. Blame <laughs> it on that. Blame it on that. You'll probably grow to be bald anyway, like, you know, if he takes that and, and, and at, at first, that, that relationship is very tense because uh, I think the son, and this is, again, it's something that we see in, in, in many occasions in Star Trek. Uh, the, the boy is angry because his dad was never around. So uh, uh, there are a lot of daddy issues, uh, just like on the series Lost. Like everybody seems to have a daddy issue. Well, here on Star Trek, it's the same. Um, but but there is you see uh, bit by bit that um, this relationship is improving, and and that Kirk is slightly warming up to his son, and and they get a bit of a bond, although it's nothing really too fancy. And 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 Kirk seems to be quite cold in his. In his attitude, he doesn't really put much effort into building up that relationship. I mean, it's it's a bit strange that if you discover that, whoa, wait a second, I've got a kid, you would think that he would put some effort into getting to know this kid, or at least pretending that he 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 is like a nice dad. Or but you, you don't really see that. But then, of course, after after the kid is killed by was it by the by the Klingons? One of the Klingons. 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 Yeah. He he does take advantage of the fact that you know they killed my son, uh, and then it, it comes up a, quite a bit in in the next few movies. But um, what do you all think of that relationship? I don't think that Kirk it seemed a little a contrived to me. Mm-hmm. It, it, like oh. you know, there wasn't a whole lot of history to go on, and so they it didn't seem like it was well thought out to me. Mm-hmm. I'm then, not sure. I'm 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 a bit. Mm-hmm. I don't know what to think of it actually. What you said, Father, about uh, about Kirk not putting in much effort. Well, I'd like to think he was he was sort of preoccupied with the affairs of the movie and dealing with the Klingons and whatever. Well, it seems and like. I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I actually quite liked that. That's, only that's when true. his son died, that it hit him what he had lost. Yeah, that's a that's, good point. That's a very good. That point. is something that I, that I did like. Although it's, yes, it. You're right when you say it came came sort of out of the blue. Well, but you're right. But it's totally plausible. Sure. Yes, it is. Yeah. I I think that's actually what what now that I'm thinking about it, it could also be his 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 attitude might also be explained by the fact that this came as such a surprise. This guy has always lived as the captain of the star starship enterprise having one affair after the other you know green aliens blue aliens no problem as long as it's kind of slightly female but um <laughs> and then he turns out to have a, an, a, a son like an 18 year 19 year old son and he clearly doesn't know what to do how to handle that because he's never had that responsibility before and his son is already dead before it's too late you know so he hardly had the time to actually uh, adjust to that situation very much like Picard is 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 not you know he is kind of misbehaving towards Wes- Wesley because he just has never had kids on the bridge he just doesn't know how to how to 
how to treat kids, how to how to behave, and how to be. A, and later on, he becomes kind of like a, a a parent figure. But it takes him a while. It takes him like two seasons to get a to get kind of into the role of a father or a father figure. And so, well, you know, I think in yeah. in the first season of 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 the uh, original seasons uh, of the original series, Kirk encountered a situation where they were transporting a young man from from one planet to another and uh, it turns out that the boy had some very powerful uh, psychic abilities and he Charlie was actually been, oh yeah yes, I remember the, exactly. the, the very <laughs> eerie guy that was such a <laughs> creepy episode was, <laughs> but there was a lot of comedy in there um, because of course the, the boy was going through a, a, a little crush on on the stewardess on and oh my gosh <laughs> yeah oh, oh I remember now <laughs> yeah. so embarrassing <laughs> but but with, you know within that episode um, I think that Bones the doctor really challenges Kirk and says you know you have to step up that's and, true and he yeah. needs he needs a father figure and he needs some guidance and good in, point in all of this and Kirk is resistant he's like what you're a doctor you <laughs> yeah. go fix it. Yeah, 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 yeah. But that's not the only episode where he has to fill that role. I mean, in that episode, Mary, he does. He yes. kind of has the same role, and 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 the episode I watched. If you don't mind, if I jump in, sure. Uh, the um, Specter of the Gun one. There's a scene in there where uh, you know they're they're in this like uh, saloon, you know, old west saloon, and the uh, the dancing girl is practically throwing herself at Chekhov. And, uh, you know, Kirk is like, you better be careful, boy, you know. <laughs> I think Kirk was just jealous that he wasn't getting the attention, actually. <laughs> Here, let me protect you by <laughs> taking a walk with this girl. <laughs> but uh, it's, it's, it's interesting, uh, that, that one episode with the creepy kid um, was, was a good episode to kind of illustrate a kind of puberty in overdrive instead of hormones take psychic powers and then you get a very creepy kind of puberty <laughs> which gets <Yeah. laughs> but it, it did treat uh, what I liked about that episode is that it it, it it illustrated something that a lot of parents have to go through and that is you know how to deal with kids that are not lo no longer kids but they're not behaving like adults either and they kind of out of your control and so do you do you go along? Do you just leave them? Just let them what, do whatever they want? Or am I like, do I set in place certain rules and do I enforce them? And how far do I go in that? It's, it's, uh, so in that respect, An it was American very interesting. An American comedian, uh, Carol Burnett, said that, that one, one should put those children at, at about age 13 into a coma and wake them up in, at 20. <laughs> oh, that's what my father used to say. <laughs> Oh wow! And that, and you know, with Star Trek technology, that would totally be feasible. <laughs> Put them in stasis sure, for, for a decade. <laughs> so, um, you going saw how well that worked with Khan. <laughs> yeah, 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 didn't really yes, work, yes. did it? <laughs> no. <laughs> now, um, if we go from the the original series to the next generation. We've got much more uh, parent stuff uh, going on there, daddy issues, mummy issues. Um, let's talk about Picard's own relationship with his father, because I think the way that he behaves as a captain and the choices that he makes have a lot to do with his own relationship and, and trying not to be like his father. Am I, is, that, is that correct? He, I think he had a very... Um, 
troubled relationship with his father and uh, is, isn't there like like a, his father was always away or he was away or his father is resenting the fact that he went away and went to Starfleet I'm I'm, I'm not sure about the details it's, but it's that one sure I mean the family just, had a beautiful just, vineyard I, it almost felt like I was I was reading up on his relationship with his dad, and, and it almost felt like there's this one episode, and I haven't watched it yet because it, it again it's post season three, so it's it's got to do with this kind of uh, uh, time when 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 Picard kind of has to find himself again after being uh, so you know in, in the, in the his Borg experience thing. with the Borg. Yeah, and he, and he goes, goes back. He goes back to France and back to yeah, his dad. Isn't it his? Isn't it his brother? And not his yes. father. Yeah, his father has already uh, pa- passed away. But oh, he meets okay. His brother and but his brother the- behaves almost like in the in the parable of the lost son, where you know where this this brother comes back, and then the other brother is like, "So why do we party?" You know, this jerk. He's not even <laughs> supposed to be here. He ran away. And and just reading the summary of that episode, it it made me think like this is definitely almost a parallel to that gospel story. The prodigal son. Yeah. So I never, I never saw it as such, but I, I think I, I think you're onto something there. It's, it's really yeah, interesting. I, I definitely am. Very good parallel. I'm, I'm going back to that, uh, uh, and and so Picard's brother is it just this? Is it Patrick Stewart with a mustache? Or no, no, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> or okay, well done. I just I want to be mentally prepared. <laughs> that no, that whole story back. arc is actually very beautiful because oh, really? later. Um, later when he um, in subsequent seasons mm-hmm. he gets the news that there's been a fire and he's lost his family mm. his greatest pain is is that he loses his nephew but also he has regrets about not ever having had a family and then we see it in the nexus that, that uh, he actually creates a family yes, yes indeed which I think is, is amazing uh, that 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 first part of the of the uh, of generations, I didn't really like the second part, but the first part was fascinating, where they kind of get to live the life that they could have lived had they not been, you know, part of of Starfleet. And I think that there is a similar again. This is uh, from Enterprise, and I'm I'm a little bit hazy on on those episodes because it's been many years since I've watched them. But I think at one point. Uh, there's an episode where we see this alternate life for what's his name? The captain um, the guy with the dog um, it's an archer Archer, and yeah. he is married to, to Paul or at least they, they form a couple and they live on a planet and they have a very you know, regular f- kind of family life and it's, it's, it, it made me think a lot of, of generations and this kind of regret that some people have on the Enterprise of having to have having had to sacrifice uh, the 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 life almost to live just as you know in 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 again as a parallel to let's say uh, me being a priest and I I deliberately chose to live a celibate life which means no family and some and some days you wonder you know what would my life have been had I if I if I would have had a, a family no I don't live with regrets at all but it's it's still an interesting question you know and and in Star Trek sometimes they can illustrate that and. And and it almost always ends with the conclusion: No, you're better off as the captain of the, <laughs> <laughs> the Enterprise. <laughs> so no, no diapers. From, no. <laughs> from the literary storytelling aspect of of all the series is is what is most compelling about about Star Trek, and that is that I mean the the, 
the, the circumstances are hokey and, of course, science fiction and Im- implausible in, in our understanding of the world today. But the human story, uh, you know, the human condition is what it always really talks about. And that's what I find most compelling. Um, uh, are we ready to talk about Voyager? Because I think that on that, on that issue, Kate Mulgrew has had much to say about Captain Janeway and why they kept her essentially celibate. For, for most of the run of that series. Oh, really? Tell us about yeah. it. She, she didn't feel that, uh, that a starship captain with the responsibilities um, inherent in the role should be in a position to be able to, to have those kinds of relationships because her first uh, duty is to the ship and to the safety of the crew. And so she was pretty resistant about having a, a love interest in the series. Hmm. Um, I guess they they played at the Chakotay thing, and it was a lot of failed writing on their part. But um, yeah, yeah, she well, she the, didn't, the Chakotay she really thing resisted it. The Chakotay relationship resembled a little bit the Beverly Crusher Picard type mm-hmm. of platonic relationship, where you feel there's a certain tension, but it's never really doesn't really work, and because the two characters are too different. So, but in this case, it was the actress herself who who actually influenced the storyline by resisting yeah. to play a Kirk type of captain. Exactly, exactly. But it's not unlike you know your role as as a priest. If you had a family and you had the pull of a family, you really couldn't do your 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 job mm-hmm. well. In other words, something's going to suffer either the job yeah. Yeah. or the okay. family life, and we know that it's usually the family life that suffers. So, how does Cisco pull it off then? With because Cisco has a family and he's he's still you know the captain. Uh... Well, his his is a very different story because he only has his son left. He already lost his wife. Oh, okay, yeah. Oh, that's he true. Lost, yeah, the first episode he, is about that. Yes. Yeah, he lost his wife in the in the in the encounter with the Borg, which mm-hmm. you are still getting to in the Next Generation. Ooh. And he actually took about two or three years to to try and deal with that until he accepted the position on Deep Space Nine. And especially in the first seasons, there's a lot of. Uh, there's a lot of him trying to deal with that. Okay, do I want a new relationship? Do I don't I? Uh, am I betraying my wife's memory? Uh, things like that, which uh, which which is quite interesting, I think. That 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 is sort of lost in the course of the series, but I'm not sure if that's a bad thing. Mm-hmm. But there is a lot of uh, of talk of his former family, so to speak. I, you know, I'd love to continue this discussion in our next episode of the secrets of uh, of Star Trek. Uh, we're running out of time on this one, but uh, I think we opened up uh, a can of uh, very interesting worms. Um, I don't think <laughs> <laughs> there's much more to say, but also to talk talk perhaps next time, not just about parenthood, but also about kind of substitute parenthood. Where, uh, well, think of, of of the relationship between. Sung and and Data or uh, Janeway and and uh, Seven of Nine. Uh, there are lots of parallels in where someone has to. Well, we talked about it already a little bit with Kirk, feeling like a or having to step up to the role of a sort of substitute father. But I think that we see many examples of that. And then we can also talk about the kids and uh, whether their parents are, you know, are a positive factor or or there might be examples where uh, the the role of the, the way that the parents um, exercise or, or just just fulfilled their 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 role of parents uh, were detrimental to the kid or you know influenced their life stories in a in a bad way. I think there are many many more things that we. Uh, that we might want to discuss, but f- for for now, I think that this is uh, this is an excellent beginning. 
And I want to thank you all. And I want to thank our listeners also for um, for uh, their interest and uh, and also for their help in promoting the show. And uh, I, I want to ask each and every one of our uh, listeners again, if you know Star Trek fans in your own family or circle of friends, uh, point them towards this podcast, point them towards sqpn.com and tell them how they can subscribe. And some of them might need a hand uh, in, in the technology. You know, not everybody is every, is, 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 um, uh, knows exactly how to subscribe to a podcast and how that works. So, uh, help, help out some people uh, with the, that, that, <laughs> the technology, you know, <laughs> and uh, uh, and if you have a moment, uh, we would also appreciate it very much if you could leave a short review, and it doesn't have to be a whole story, you know, but just a paragraph or so about the, or, or just a phrase about if you like this, whether you like the show, uh, preferably positive, of course, on iTunes, <laughs> because that really helps um, to, for this show to get some exposure. Right now, we, we already have uh, several hundred listeners, but I think that this show has potential for much more, uh, but we can only do that by word of mouth. Uh, word of mouth. We don't have um, the, uh, the the nor- the time, the energy, or the money to to do a, a lot of like uh, PR for this. But we we we're pretty confident that you can help us spread the word about this podcast. And then of course, second thing that you can do is send us some feedback. Let us know what you think about this show. You can send us email to Star Trek at sqpn.com, But you can also call the SQPN listener feedback line. Uh, which is uh, basically an automatic uh, uh, responder, and you can leave a voice message there. Um, and that can be just general feedback, but it can also be a question or a contribution, things that we might have gotten wrong or things that we've overlooked or your own theories or, you know, anything. Um, the number is uh, plus one for uh, the United States and then 206 4455 So that's 206 202 4455 and you can leave a message keep it short short and simple so that way you know like a minute or so and that way we can play it um, on the show looking forward to hearing from you thanks to uh, the crew of today's StarQuest Enterprise and we will see you next week with another Secrets of Star Trek God bless and live long and prosper SQPN, leading the way in Catholic new media.